0: Hello, it's Mike Richards here from the Treasury Recruitment Company. I hope you're enjoying the Treasury Career Corner. If you are, great news. Perhaps you give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcast content. This means that even more treasury professionals can benefit from finding out or by finding out about how treasurers have achieved their career goals. The link to rate our show will list at the bottom of our show notes. And please remember as well, the show itself is as much about you as it is about us. If there are specific questions you want us to ask or this feedback you want to give, please drop me an email. My direct email is mike at recruitment.com, inventably enough. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers. Each week, I talk to treasurers about how they built their careers, where they are now, and where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. In this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Heather Nisbet, the group treasurer at Global Fashion Group. Launched way back when, in uh, 2011, the Global Fashion Group, or GFG, is the leading fashion and lifestyle destination in Asia-Pac, Latin America, and throughout the COS region. They connect 8,000 global local-owned brands to a market of 1 billion consumers. Yet yeah, you can tell I'm reading this, making sure that I don't go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But they've got a number of e-commerce platforms, so things like Moda, Iconic. Again, Heather can explain that a little bit more. But, you know, basically massive brands. So 19 offices, 10 cents is all into fashion and everything else. Very, very big. They generate net merchandise value of approximately 1.2 billion euros. So big company. But Heather can explain that. Now, Heather and I have known each other for a while. And this is quite a successful treasurer, shall we say. Heather started in treasury just six years ago, already a group treasurer, in her back pocket she's got a couple of things on there first class honours degree qualified accountant prize winner act we'll talk about that and the coffee incident later or the red wine incident and things like that but basically heather take us back to the beginning and how you first ever started in maths and then came into treasury at a later stage over to you thanks mike for
1: that very kind introduction sure i will um i'll walk through my kind of cv i guess right and how i kind of got into it to how I've got to be in a group treasurer in six years. So I started off as a math graduate in Edinburgh. Um, and then I actually started on a graduate program at Tesco's. A great kind of learning ground for anyone, I would say, in, in finance or in treasury. So you basically have a multinational company. You know, it's in so many countries. It's very complex and it's a good business model as well, right? So that's where I started. I started in property and property finance. And I looked at my SEMA qualification. Quickly, actually moved into treasury after a year because I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I like accounting, but you know, it's, it's in the past. I want to kind of look more forward into treasury. I landed a role in uh, as a cash manager. So if you're in treasury, you know, that your bread and butter is looking after cash. So I think that's like a great uh, place to start. Mostly in front office as well. I think it's probably the sexiest part of treasury so started in and kind of looking after the cash positions your investments your you know your cp issuances um, and looking at actually the currency exposures and then eventually actually i got approached actually say okay hey, do you want to move to asia And I was like, okay, sure. I was an accountancy role, but, you know, as I hadn't had a a massive um, experience in accounting, I thought, okay, let's take that kind of um, opportunity. I said, as a condition, I want to still have my pinky toe within treasury. So I said, can I take the energy hedging strategy with me? And that's, that was like my ticket to go back as well, right? So I, I had a small stint in Bangkok, really cool place. I mean, I looked after um, Thailand, Malaysia, uh, Korea, and the India kind of accounts when I was out there. So the financial reporting and planning. And then eventually I said, listen, I think Treasury is where I want to be. So I, I asked to go back to London and look at more of like a senior FX role I guess
0: so and so- tell me sorry just tell us so when you talked about that so you did your and, and let's actually jump right back to you you're really bright you've got a first class degree and you said to me before that you really just get maths and it's just something it's in your blood I think your te- your mother's a maths teacher as well is that right or lecturer
1: and my mom's a teacher for sure, right? So, I mean, my dad as well is an engineer and I think like my family are just, you know, are, are very that one-sided of the brain, right? So, yeah. yeah, maths I just get, you know, university was, was uh, I mean, say easy, but you know, it's, it's something you either get or you don't. It's like, my Probably my downfall is, you know, when I have to write these papers for um, the board or audit committee now. And I sit there like, mine is always bullet points. You know, I don't I don't write long papers. It's very mathematically minded still, even when I'm trying to put a proposal in front of anyone. But at least, you know, you work to your strengths. And I think if in, in Treasury, you know, if you've got the fundamentals of maths, you, you'll, you'll do well.
0: And so then... How did you find out about Treasury, you know, because then you, you did your maths and, and things, or how did it come about that you started with Tesco, and thought, actually Grab Program, that's great, but then Treasury you just heard about, or, you know, why were you drawn into that? Because obviously, as I said at the be- beginning of the show, you, six years and you're a group Treasurer, so you've rapidly gone through it. How did you discover Treasury?
1: So when I was at Tesco, so obviously I, I was in accounting to start off with. It was just this little, you know, ivory tower of, of, of treasury. And, and to be honest, no one really knew what treasury actually does, right? So I, I was a little bit curious and I kind of just asked around. And when you're on the, the Tesco graduate program, tes, uh, going to do like the treasury kind of side wasn't really a part of the program. You kind of had to fight to get in there. Right. Uh, so I, it was kind of a fail into it. I think it was either I was going to go into internal audit or actual treasury, and I'm very happy I went into treasury. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look at audits sometimes now and then. So, yes, yeah, so I think like you, you kind of fall into treasury. And I think a, a, a lot of people will say that as well. It's not something you you go to university and say, I want to be a treasurer. right? Yeah. I think it's something you kind of just fall upon and you get kind of stuck there. I don't think it's very hard, I think, to come back out of it because it, it's such like a you know, fast moving You know, it's it's all like kind of dynamic. Your markets, your FX strategies, and it's you know, and things. Treasury is becoming such a influential kind of department within a, a, a function. You know, if you don't have any capital, you have no business. Actually, driving that. I mean the forefront of that is, is, is what interests me the most you don't just look you know at your accounting and do a business you actually have to look at, you know five-year strategies ten-year strategies keeping up with technologies the markets the, the, the globalization like everything like that I mean I, that excites me about treasury that's how I kind of fell into it and never and never never, came back.
0: never look back and then <laughs> and you were at Tesco for three years but in that same time you also studied and qualified as a SEMA qualified accountant then you started your AMCT exams along alongside doing a treasury role in the uk transitioning to asia pacific then back again how that sounds like you're you're doing 18 hour days or maybe you were how did you balance that and again you've got listeners to the show and they're going oh i'm thinking about doing sema or i'm thinking about how do i balance that off and a lot of people say oh do you studies really early and you know things but how are you doing that and, and having a life something sort of talk us through
1: it's a good question. So always I, obviously, I studied that at Tesco. But I mean, they put you through SEMA so quickly. So a year and a half, and you're done. Yes. Yeah, so, so they, you know, and that's a good thing about Tesco. I think if you lie on, on exams too long and draw them out, you're never gonna you're never gonna finish them, right? I think you know. Kind of go hard at them, especially at the start of your career, because that's when you actually have time to do it as well. Yeah, so then I did overlap my ACTs as well. So when I was like in Treasury, when my first kind of placement, I I was finishing my SEMA exams, and I think actually I had like a, I had one two exams in SEMA one week, and the next again week I had three exams within my ACTs, And, and it was a bit of an overlap. And yet I had no life. So so if if you want to do that, and any advice anyone, if you want to do it fine but make sure you, you're, you're kind of you're happy to write off your social life for like a month or two of yep. that time right I mean I am a bit more of a, I'm quite driven just to get things out the way um, and that and that's just the way I am with work and that's where I'm with, with, with my life as well so uh, my advice is if if you're kind of a you know just want to get it done and get out the way just just condense them all together I mean like with my ACTs and um, the last block you have four exams to do so it's like your your two essays and two like uh, exams you'll have to do and I just normally the like do one at a time or do two at a time push and then all four at the same time yeah it only be wrong it's hard but they all overlap right so, so I feel like you're almost like, you're, you're studying for one exam you're not studying for four exams and the thing is it's just about technique you know obviously know what the, the actual knowledge that the, the lecturers are, are, are teaching you but the, the main thing is just learn technique. You know, any exam, you know, if it's a four, a four mark question, you know exactly where your four marks are going to be and, and how you're meant to tailor your answer. So I think it's technique is, is if you're good at that side of things and a good exam technique. And then obviously don't treat them just as one exam, treat them as, as, as a big exam, I guess, um, and just get them out of the way
0: and i i 've been told this story, so i 'm paraphrasing, but uh, you know, Heather can fill in the gaps. I know that Heather also is, was the two thousand and sixteen prize winner AMCT. and then she told me about this remarkable uh, study aid that she'd uh, spoken to one of the lecturers when you got your prize. The chap asked you, i think uh, you know so tell us what was your key to success what what was the one thing you would recommend, and you've talked there about some of the study techniques, and you'd use a very technical study aid of Pinot Grigio is that the uh, correct answer is that exactly what you were using to get you through I'm not saying everyone should on alcohol beverages but they you know there are other beers available and things but talk us through that how did you get through
1: Uh, so basically so I got that award Um, I was I was quite um, surprised about to be honest but um, but when I was actually collecting my my actual award um, at the ACT and the lecturer was like, so how did you actually manage to do it? Because I've obviously done four exams at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: And I said, oh, through so much wine. (laughs) And, I mean, that's a, it's not honest. Well, it's quite an honest answer, actually. So, you know, you do your study and you have a, you have a glass of wine at the end. I mean, I'm Scottish, right? So it's in my blood. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, having a good balance and um, to get you through those exams. Have a glass of wine at the end. You know, you don't have to be teetotal through the whole thing. But I mean, it, I would say to get there is it's hard work. You you need to just you have to be. Committed to that timing and, and just get it over and done with, like I said before. And it's just exam technique.
0: And why? Why were you a prize winner? What What makes you? or What did they put it down to? Was it just getting the top marks, or just the way that you just process this stuff? Or you know, because again, there'll be people listening going, "Wow, that's and it is an impressive thing." But how did you achieve that?
1: I think, it, I think it was on top marks. So, yes, it was just the, the, the average of, of, of your grades throughout. Uh, but I would say um, I kind of I questioned a lot of things as well when I was there too. So if you've got quite a curious mind and, you know, when you're in a lecture, if people just, you know, the lecture just recites information to you, actually just challenge that information. And, you know, I make it more of like an intellectual conversation. And, and I think that's when you learn the most and when the, the sessions are more interactive. I would say as well, if you want to, I think what the best thing is is actually learning groups. So when I was studying, I had a group of four of us. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say any more than four should ever meet at a time, but I used to always get them to come to my apartment. And, you know, I we'd study together through the case studies and actually share ideas. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all very well having your own idea, but, you know, other people see things differently and you'll see that in teams and in a treasury function as well. So better in numbers than just, just doing an exam by yourself. So before you do any exam, make sure you have a good study group Go through case studies together, bounce around a few ideas, don't get too, you know, overprotective of your work as well, I think, you know, everything is about sharing, you know, you want your your, your candidates to do well as as well. So I I was quite fortunate, I had a really good group that was just sharing ideas and making sure that you, you just learn the exam technique. I know I keep emphasizing that point. But it's a very, everyone says, oh, yeah, but I've read through the material so many times. And no, it's, it's genuinely how you answer the question. And there's a formula to it as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and that's what gets you the marks.
0: And when I, so I, on last week's show or one of the recent shows, I spoke to Dan Ferguson, who is Royal Sun Lions group treasurer. And he, he did AMCT. He found a lot of that. Actually he found that was much more, you know, there was stuff to learn. It was more rote learning and there's a lot of content and he, got on top of that but then he discovered actually i think more when he did his mct that it was much more case studies and much more passing around getting much more ideas and how different treasurers would approach a problem and he said that for him was a real standout moment and really helped him have you thought about further studies or is that not right at the moment or what's the what do you think
1: so, so I think MCT is, is great if you want to keep in treasury like, as a niche. Like uh-huh. environment. And the thing is the, the the MCT's actual syllabus has changed to quickly kind of transition you into the MCT. So it's mostly case study based now, which, is, which I think is quite good. The MCT for me, so I did start it for a while and they changed the syllabus within that time as well. And I just felt it probably wasn't for me. And would I do it? Probably not. I think everyone says, you know, you need to have MCT to be a group treasurer. I don't think you do. I think it's more on how you approach a role and how you back yourself. So, I mean, I would never take any accountability away from the MCT, but for me, I would rather probably do an MBA over MCT.
0: And I, I agree. I, and again, we're not, that's not a negative reflection on it. I think it's just, it's just a balance, really. We, you know, we're, we're here at the Treasury Recruitment Company, we're very pro qualifications and certain levels. And uh, I've got treasurers, I interviewed at the Treasury Career Corner Live, I had three guys on the stage, one at AMCT, one at MCT, and one had none, he had no Treasury qualifications. but he was an American guy. He didn't have CTBB he had an MBA, he had a couple of degrees. So it's just different studies. And different ways that you go with your career sort of thing and then you know as we say there so you did extremely well but at the same time you then made a career transition and another podcast guest Richard Gary I recently spoke to at Informa you went to work at Informa originally from Michelle again Steve Long's ex-boss as well to talk us through you then has three years at Tesco time for a change or what happened?
1: Okay, so yeah, I moved to Informa. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I moved to Informa was one, I heard a lot about Michelle Dobie, and I wanted to work for someone who, I, you know, I really respect. Mm. Okay, so that was the first reason I, I wanted to move. The second reason they were moving the Treasury function from Orleans to London. So we were basically starting from scratch from a FTSE like, 100 company. So mm. that was really attractive to me also I got a little bit promotion on the way on the way over so I mean it's, it's a kind of a no-brainer I guess and I mean I had a great time there so um I I spent my first time like uh, in risk and I was looking after me the FX the debt kind of management side of things and it is I mean it was a great team as well because you're building it from scratch but then um obviously there was my colleague who went on maternity leave and actually gave me a uh, a good opportunity to just step up into maternity, leave kind of role as well. And that's for acting assistant group treasurer there. And to honest, that was the, that was probably the, the best move I've made. And, and the fact that Richard Gary backed me on that one as well, because uh-huh. my experience is Really, before then, was actually just in front office. So you know, I know you all know, my you know my trading strategies and you know your cash managements and that, that side of things. Middle office moving across was such a different transition. So that's kind of looking after your cash management like structures and your your, your systems, your bank guarantees. You know, the, the stuff I've never really touched. And I said to Richard, I was like, he said, "Would oh, you want to move over to that role and cover maternity?" Leave? And I said, "Are you sure? I mean, the only bank account I've ever opened is my own." So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean but you know when you get put right in the deep end you know you learn the most you either sink or swim right and it's, it's the best role that I probably have done for a short term a, a period as well but the biggest learning curve and you know this is when I say to people when they're saying oh you know why did you move sh- straight over to middle office you know you, you were kind of head of that department mm-hmm. and you, you, know, mm-hmm. you never never had much experience so I said listen you know as, as a person you know if you've only done say 20 percent of that job spec Go for it. Don't if you, you don't have to do 80% of it to actually be able to do the job, you know. It's a, treasury is a very logical, it's a, and a very processed as well. So you can learn all that. And one of the things I would always advise if you go into those roles is make sure you just have a good network. You know, yeah. so when I moved across, um I, I knew the banks that I like, I, I knew the treasurers that I liked as well. And any any questions I would just you know call them up or ask them, or it's like speak to Richard or, or Michelle, say, what would you do? But well, one thing is, well, when you move over to those roles and you don't know everything about it, obviously, shout out when you don't know, but try to be as independent as possible. Don't lean too much on your bosses. And try and, you know, come with strategies on your own. Then, obviously, get approval for it. But I think it's more independence.
0: And then you, you told there as well, we've got, again guys coming up through their careers and they are, you know, they're perhaps in the middle office, uh, they're, sorry, they're in the front office and they're saying, oh, a middle office move. Mm-hmm. Was it attractive to you because you could broaden it out as a foundation for making the move to group treasurer? Was that deliberate or was that actually there's an opportunity here, they'll give me a chance at it? Or, what was the situation?
1: Well, it depends what your goal in life is. If you want to be a group treasurer, you need to have front, middle, and back office experience. So I know I have an accountancy background, so I I can understand the back office. So that's my tick. You know, I've done my front office, and that's you know I think it's the front office is a good place to start. You know, because Mm. I think it's you're at the forefront of it, right? Have your front office and tick that off. My gap was middle office, and that's what you can look for in your CV. If you want to be a group treasurer, you need to be able to not be a specialist in front middle or back but have a general understanding for you to be and um, promoted into a, a group treasurer i would say i wouldn't get too bogged down in the detail i'd say as well do never well from my experience don't stay in a role if you're not learning anymore if you've just went in and you're you know she's churning like daily cash and there's not you know it's you know it's singing, all dancing, not much improvements then I mean, it's probably time to say, you know, actually be direct with your boss and say, this is my gap and I want to move over there. How can you make this happen? And it, it, I wouldn't say there's a time on a role, but from my experience in the same company, obviously, you know, I wouldn't say change company, but, you know, a year and a half, you'll be able to learn the, the role inside out. Any more than that, unless, unless it's obviously a massive growth company or something like that. But if it's a generally bread and butter, the role has not changed. And that's probably like a sense to say, okay, where, where, where can I and we're can I next go? And, and the thing is, when someone else moves, and the, the the team rotates as well, and it's good to have that transparency through a team as well. That if one person is off or an annual leave or something like that, then the other person can cover. So I think it's good to mix around those roles what I do at GFG here is is so I've just got quite a new team in and I, I say to them where's your gaps in your career and, and, and I want them to be able to sit and do it themselves right so, so I've got new, new analyst, and she's never done a TMS so I'm saying well, you can start doing the TMS side of things and I think it's sharing it around so you, you know you, your, your CV is full if you want to be a GT but you, you know you some people want to be you know an expert in middle office and you need those people as well so it just depends where you want to end up.
0: And with your role so you were the informer as Richard explained you know the company doubled in size and you know lots of potential there and everything else but this role at GFG came around was it the right time or what was the situation or how did this role at Global Fashion Group and perhaps again give it a little bit of a headline about what the group is but maybe you can explain for the listeners there.
1: Sure. So obviously, I was covering maternity leave at Informa, and I, like I said previously, like as soon as you there's nowhere to grow, that that's probably a sign of you grow within the company. But then, as a complete ceiling, that's when you you know it's your, your swift exit, right? So just by that, I decided to just start kind of looking around, and a global fashion group came up. One it was. You know, it's a, a number one position. So I thought, great. You know, let's let's get get your teeth stuck into that. Oh. And it's a really exciting company. So you know, it's, you can't compare it to a Tesco or a format. You know, GFG is um, the best way to describe it is an emerging markets of like ASOS, right? It's in 24 countries. It's and it, you know, as a treasurer, it's one of the most exciting places to go in the sense of what countries it deals with. So emerging markets as a treasurer, these countries, you know, like South America, Russia, all over Asia. Um, these are hard countries to deal with mm-hmm. so if you want any kind of you know good experience and you know you actually have to work through all the noise, like regulatory requirements currency controls everything else, then that's what I see when I come to GFG as well like it's, it's quite a new i new company it was, it was founded in two, 2011 however it's, it's you know it's, it's on a high growth journey so we have like growth like 27% year on year and it's all organic growth so if you look at this company so you're saying it's like a 1.3 billion euro company as revenue size we've tapped into the markets of only one percent of the countries that we're actually in and the emerging market side things if you compare it to let's say the u.s to emerging markets like the the, the growth in e-commerce has pretty you know it's it's it's, it's not capped to say it grows on three percent every year say in the u.s if you look at emerging markets at eight percent so the, the, the potential of GFG to be a great company is is what basically attracts me to here. As as well, it's decentralised. Never worked in a decentralised function before. And and two, it's, it's actually building the treasury function to be robust and and to support the growth story as well. So. That in a nutshell is my a move.
0: And this, as you say, it's high growth, it's entrepreneurial, it's all those different things which are a challenge for a treasurer sometimes to deal with in a positive sense because, you know, it's great fun and you're at the front end of things. What are the growth pains or what are you finding that, you know, you're helping the business do or what are you focusing on?
1: The, the most thing I've probably achieved here so far is using our economies of scale so just now you, you, you look at kind of four divisions that we have right now they all do the same thing roughly right have different business models but it's roughly the same but it's actually um consolidating that so rather than brazil and apac and all these and having different banks why don't you like globalize your pricing so you, you don't have localized pricing anymore so that's one thing we're kind of working on and and, and streamlining all the cash management for the business which will save huge amounts of money. The other one is on the debt side of things. So we are backed by Chinovic and Rocket Internet, mostly. And now we're kind of looking at, you know externally for banks to start supporting the business too so uh, we've actually since have joined we've actually got an RCF now in place too so we've got um, three banks backing us on that and I think that's like a a good you know message to the market of that you know we're coming away from our shareholders and we're starting to look um, more of a stable company and looking at external banking partners to help us on our journey now. And the other things are like FX as well. We we do manage the FX reasonably welcome in the sense that it's, it's pretty much naturally hedged. You know, we, we buy in, in, in a local currency and we sell in, um, in currency. So it's in that side of things, we're looking at that. But the one thing that the Treasury is going to have to do going forward is actually we're building a robust model. So to actually keep up with the growth of all the countries, so we take Argentina, for instance, and they're growing at 75% year on year. Okay, but that's going to be an FX exposure at some point. No, we're breaking even right now, but it's it's actually kind of working with the business to understand that so we're building out a currency cash flow forecast it's nice to make sure that going forward we can actually aid the business and actually help it grow also with you know like payment methods so i mean i'm a massive advocate in technology and i think that's where treasury is going to go in the future as well so all your operational side of things will all be automated but the the fact is that you know Cash is not king anymore in the sense of, you know, like transacting your pounds across. It's, it's actually using you know, your Apple Pay and you know your QR codes and all these different payment methods, especially in these countries, which are all very different. You need to keep it on track of those as well. So we're making sure that we are ahead with technology and that side of things and, and, and making sure that we can keep up with the growth and actually collect the cash as well, right? So, so that, that's where I'm kind of leaning to just now. But it's, I mean, it's just, I've only been here... Seven eight months now, so uh, I'm I'm the solution but surely finding my way.
0: It was great actually. You were pre answering my questions that you know some weeks ago. So what's your attitude to technology and everything? else And you you already bring it in. You're like right, yeah, let's let's cover that off, Mike, shall we? And with you know with the rise or the future of everything, you've you've talked you've touched on that there. Where do you see it? We've got the, as you say, automated payments and taking that operational side and automating all of that. But where do you then see the value add for you as a treasurer going forward? Is it out working with the businesses? It sounds like it is, you know, with Argentina and people like that. Or is it, what's your role going forward, if you like?
1: From a technology point of view, when that's that question, I think what's going to change is your, you know, your FX. All of it's going to be, uh, you're not going to call up your bankers and, and trades on the phone, right? So That's all going to be automated through platforms. Same with bonds as well in time. I'm not going to say it's going to happen right now, but just now it's quite, you know, the, the old market of, you know, going and meeting all your bond investors, etc. I think that will all be automated as well. And that'll be all on banking platforms. The only thing I'd say the downside is probably the relationship building on that. But you can see that like already, you know, like the millennials will be on their on their phones and they never look up. So I think, unfortunately, that'll probably be a side effect of it. And the other thing is like blockchain. Like banks are heavily, heavily investing in blockchain right now. And I think that's not something a treasure can ever like ignore. I think as well, I think in time, I'm not saying it's going to happen in, in five years, but I'd say in 10 years time. All our cash will be going through some type of blockchain and, you know, and that will help us with fraud. It will help us with, you know, locating our funds. I do think that technology is a key for treasurers um, going forward to and, you know, and what we built into a TMS, for instance, as well. The other kind of side of things is, like I say, the, the collection of cash and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's kind of simple bread and butter stuff. And then the globalisation point of view. So I think that the country now, or the world, I'd say, actually, you know, it's so interconnected that you don't have to go from London. You don't have to go from New York. You don't have to, you know, anywhere like this. So the Treasury as a whole is is, is not so much, you know, have regional Treasuries. It's actually, I would say it's more of a of a, of a global function now.
0: So... Where do you see it? We just talked about Argentina and, you know, your role going forward. Do you see it more of a being a consultant to the business or hand-holding with those guys? Or what do you see your role being as a treasurer going forward? You know, what do you see as happening?
1: My role as a treasurer just now is, you know, connecting with the business, understanding the business and how treasury can help the business grow and, and, and keep up with that. So when I go out to the regions, it's my main thing is – keep up with technology. So we're looking at implementing a TMS and um, shortly and making sure that fits all countries and all scopes. The other thing is, you know, any strategy is a global strategy, not local strategies anymore. So I think it's more of a, you know, from from the, the parental companies is to come in with these strategies and make sure they fit well with the local strategies too, but there should be more of a globalized look. The other things is, you know, just now I'm looking at like like to help with the growth of the company is financing, warehousing projects. We've got you know um, we've got a couple on on the horizon, and they're all automated projects too. So you know you're working with like great, great businesses, to, the, the working and tech businesses. But mostly it's to kind of streamline all the processes and make sure they're efficient as well. But I think my role itself is more tr- is is the strategy of you know making sure we have enough capital in place, you know working with finance on forecasting, and you know having those interlinks. So I wouldn't say like you know treasury. Is Is a silo by itself. I think Treasury in itself is you know you go into so many apartments. So you you know make sure you're you're available to you know the commercial teams. You know like the the buyers are very good at negotiating with Calvin Klein or Hugo Boss. But from a a financial point of view, you know give them guidance on FX. What what do we want to be? uh, What currencies want to be exposed to? You know what? What bank guarantees if, if they need it? Parental guarantees, you know, stuff, stuff like that. You need to aid the company with. Then, from a finance perspective, it's working with their cash flow forecast. How can you strengthen their balance sheet as well? I think treasury is. You know, you can go into almost any department. You go into tax, and you go into the company side of things. How can you make it more efficient with the spider diagrams over there? You know, if you go into if you go into HR, for instance, right? That's another thing. So just now, we're implementing a, a treasury rotational program because we've got twenty. Just short of 20 heads actually in Treasury at GFG, and they, they all kind of work in you know their different Treasury functions, but the regional Treasury functions sharing that. So, just now what, what I'm trying to do is make sure that you know the guys in Zalora here in Asia can actually go to Dafiti, which is in um, South America, and actually share the knowledge of what they've got in their processes and make it, make it a better process in general. So, I think it's that's what I mean about globalization, it's not so much just about Asia or South America, I think it's about like you know consolidating that and making sure that everyone's on the same page
0: and you mentioned there you talked about some of the people within treasury and things like that what's your ethos you know obviously we're the treasure recruitment company it's what we do and we look at people all the time and the people element of things with yourself you know what's your when you're recruiting as you have done and things what are you looking for in that that person again this is for the listeners they're thinking oh god i'd love to work somewhere but they're thinking right this is what i need to do do i need to study do i need to have a great cv or what do i need to do or resume as well we've got our us listeners you know what what are you looking for as a treasurer from that person coming and joining you
1: so the part I look for, I think I think it really depends what company you're working for, right? I will say from GFG point of view, because it's most relevant right now. So I what I look for is energy, you know, someone who's dynamic, you know, someone who actually likes to work in Treasury, you not know, just because they, they wanna be there, right? It's um so one is energy for sure. The other one is more like an entrepreneurial spirit. So GFG, like I say, it's it's, it's a gross company and you really need to be able to have an idea, come up with the idea and, and just execute it yourself. Right? And so I think you have to be quite a self-starter. I don't might I don't micromanage by any means. I mean if, if if you come up with an idea you think it's great, you run with it. So I like quite an entrepreneurial spirit. Also the the main thing actually I would say is culture. I think for anyone to do well in a, on a in a company, you have to understand the culture of that place and, and you know if you're going to fit in i'd say like you know gfg is a fashion company right so you can probably imagine that the, the environment you're working in as well and it's not going to be like a bank and so corporate there is corporate elements, of course, and there's the, the professionalism, but it's, you know, there's that kind of a fashion vibe. It's an unusual vibe, just a bit, but, I, you know, you need to be able to have that get up and go, I guess, and, you know, be really reactive. You're not an insurance company, right? You, you know, you have to react, 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 and it, it, the, the retail market itself moves so quickly. You know, you have the, qu- you know, every quarter there's, there's a different fashion trend, right? Mm. I think it's what you're going to have to have that sense um, the other thing is, like, being good with people. I mean, you can imagine here, we've, you know, got South American teams, you've got the Russian teams, uh, you've got the APAC teams, and, you know, they're all very different, you know, in the way you approach things. Be able to adapt to different styles, you know? Don't, don't force your style on someone else, you know, you just have to adapt to their style and their culture. The other thing I would say, um, from a qualification point of view, I mean... Qualifications are great. I mean, I would. I'm a bit of an advocate for qualification, but it's not essential. I would always. I was always recruit people if you if you seem smart and you're smarter than me, then you have the job. And I think that's that's how I would I would probably put that.
0: I've got. To, and I've got to say that that's going to be a stretch to try and be you know smarter than our head. because uh yeah, first class degree, prize winner AMCT, and you know, treasure with this. that's amazing. And I think you've done extremely well so good luck with someone to do that
1: I just recruited two new people and they are smarter than me so you know sure. I want someone who wants to take my job right eventually yeah you know, like, I'm not going to be here forever I'd probably want to you know Scott if you make your job redundant to the people who you've employed and you're doing a good job you yeah. protect him of your job so the guy I have just employed you know he, he will be able to do my job one day and and that's why that's why I employed him because he's smart he is accountant and he is treasury qualified as well but I, would, I wouldn't say I wouldn't push too much on that I mean experience is a lot more than than that and I, I think as well like I don't want to have someone who's like me either because we would just clash you know so right. I think it's getting that diversity in the team and making sure that, you know, I know my my weaknesses so I make sure someone else can fill those weaknesses. And I actually got that off Michelle Dovey one point. She said to me, you know, always employ people that you know they are better at that than you are. And I think that's when you get like a really good team
0: and with you so as we wrap up today's show you know the closing question we talked about this before and i always do so we'll put the linkedin profile for heather in the show notes so you know it's a good way to maybe connect with her if it's worthwhile or you know if it's not you know she can just say no thank you very much um but the key thing there is we then always ask people to look back over your career history on linkedin or wherever it might be and they say actually i'm a treasury analyst manager this is what i'd like to do i'd like to you know emulate and things what's the one piece of advice you would give to close today's show that to say to those people this is what to do And, and is it that stuff about you know some of the things you touched on or what's the one piece of killer sort of advice you give
1: quite hard to tailor it to one I must say but I
0: think or a couple
1: maybe we have a couple so I think um, the, the main thing is back yourself any role that you go into if you don't back yourself no one else will back you so I think if you know if you want if you think you can do that role you know you go for it you know and people will follow you so it's confidence is one the other one is like I say don't stay in your role too long if you're not learning if you are learning fine, but I mean, if you if you're not learning anymore, you you looked for the next role and you look for the gaps in your CV and the last but not least will definitely be your network i've got loads of mentors who, you know i have a cup of tea with every like six weeks every two months and you know keep that going And keep in contact with old bosses as well and with your banks with, with treasury with cfos everyone you, you need to build your network and and that's pretty much where you get the best advice and any any tips on on career moves or within your company <sighs>
0: Well, great advice as always. Thank you, Heather, for today's show. I think, you know, we we rocketed through there, but it's amazing what you've managed to pack into those those six short years, as it were. So we're looking forward to great further things from GFG and from yourself. So thank you very much for your time. And, uh, yeah, if you want to connect with Heather, we'll put the connection in the show notes and look forward to talking to you in the future. Many thanks.